Welcome to this edition of the IWI's CFITrainer.net podcast. Today, we welcome IWI's new executive director, Scott Stevens, to talk about the future of the International Association of Arson Investigators. Mr. Stevens comes to the IWI with a background in public relations, most recently as executive vice president of Bendur Communications. Scott, thanks for taking the time to join us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rod. First thing I wanted to say is, you know, I think we started talking about this podcast. Uh, you were a little bit newer than you are now, and you've been uh, doing a lot of traveling. I know I've seen you in different places representing fire investigation and the members, so already we have reason to be grateful. Yeah, um, getting up to speed. Yesterday I was actually out in Emmitsburg, Maryland at the uh, National Fire Academy as a guest of Chief Hoover. I was able to sit in on a couple classes and actually examine some burn cells, so that was very interesting um, and to see a lot of people that are current members out there as well participating and instructing. So I'm learning as I go along and uh, appreciating, appreciate all the help that folks are giving me. Well, that's great to hear. That's a great relationship uh, with the USFA and, and what they do over there. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. As you said, I came from a um, public affairs, public relations side of business. I worked with a, I was a partner in a um, firm based out of Washington, D.C. that worked with several associations and nonprofit clients. Some of our clients included the National Law Enforcement Museum, Volunteers of America, uh, Defense Bar Association. And I've also served on quite a few boards over the years, uh, one being the American Red Cross. So I understand the nonprofit world, I understand the association world um, pretty good from a, from a, a vendor standpoint. Um, so it's not, um, it's not a big learning curve for me to move on to the uh, client side of the business. I think it's also really nice to know that you have a background in PR. I, I've, for the years, more than a decade that I've been around with the IWI working, one of the things that they haven't been the greatest at is getting out the good word and being able to tell people the real energy um, and expertise that they have out there. So uh, that, that's great to know that you have that background. Thanks, and we're we're starting to see some of that. We're starting to get you know put out press releases and uh, on a more uh, uh, regular basis. And um, our health and safety committee has done some fantastic things, um, and we've been able to uh, get some pickup in other publications and on websites uh, for you know um, uh, um, studies, white papers that we're doing um, that have meaningful um, uh, have meaningful. Uh, um, uh, transpire over to other uh, fire service um, industries. Yeah. it's uh, By the way, I, I think the paper you're talking about, the health and safety white paper, is available up at firearson.com. It is. Uh, it's a, yep, it, it is. And along with, there is a best practices quick facts sheet as well that can be printed off there um, that uh, complements the white paper. Okay. Well, I hope people will do that. Again, that's www.firearson.com. So, what made you do the move over to the IWI? Good question. You know, I saw a great opportunity to join a well-respected global organization that contributes not only to the fire science community, but to the general community as well, um, and, and, and went for it. So, an interesting opportunity. I'm wondering about challenges, uh, you know, and, and, and what you saw, at, you know, in the period of time, it's been, what, three, four, I don't know. It's been months. Um, what are the challenges you see? We are like the good housekeeping seal for 
fire investigation, and we just have to continuously strive to keep at that level of expertise, if you will. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, and there's a lot of competition um, out there from different organizations that are either doing training or, uh, you know, may have organizations that, that are some of the folks that contribute to the fire investigation community. So there's more and more move to science. And, and I hear what you're saying. Uh, you know, the good housekeeping, housekeeping seal of approval, I think, is, is well put. And that would come from, you know, CFIs and FITs and, and uh, all the many different designations and certifications that the IAAI offers. So, yeah, I can see that as being... Yeah, it's just making sure that our curriculum is current and that we're at the forefront of technology um, and that we are constantly updating our classes and our curriculum to reflect, you know, what's going on in the, um, in the um, fire science community. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a challenge with any good organization, especially when you're trying to be as credible as the IWI has. So what do you see as opportunities? I know it's a short period of time that you've been around, but you must think about, wow. Let's go back to the, the, the uh, when you said the challenges. Okay. You know, we need to stay at the forefront of technology with regard to fire science. I think we also need to be proactive studying and documenting the cause of origin for new products and technology, especially like e-cigarettes and other lithium battery products. So that's part of, you know, the training and education committee, but I think that we're doing a good job with that, but we can need to continuously keep on top of that and keep our finger on the pulse speed of that. It's nice too, you know, again, going back to your PR background, um, we can have all this expertise that we want throughout the membership, and there is a lot, but once that content gets put together and information's gathered, it's, it's good to know uh, that you'll be putting together a force to get that information out to the public and, and to other fire investigators. Correct. So, other opportunities for the IWI to grow? Well, I think that we have to look at the millennials and others entering the public sector into fire and law enforcement. Um, you know, that's the, that's the uh, we have to make our curriculum, our classes, CFITrainer.net, which is already available to the general public, we have to make that known. You know, and, and like you said, we have to do a better job of marketing ourselves or branding ourselves, if you will to the folks that are already on the front line within the fire and police community uh, and, and make it known that they can utilize our learning platform to go on to, um, you know, the next step in, within their careers. Okay. Also, I think that we should do a better job with uh, uh, working with veterans that are coming out of the military um, and they want to pursue a, a career in fire science. That's something I hadn't thought about, um, and an interesting, thoughtful idea. And I'm sure there's quite a bit of it, uh, quite a bit of experience there that would be relevant. I, right. I hadn't thought about it. You know, usually you think about these IED guys or the folks in the Army that deal with explosives, but that's, that's part of our world, and all those explosives have ignition sources and all kinds of other things that are going on that relate to fire. Uh, when you think about priorities, you know, you, you run a tight ship, uh, you've, you know, and you've got let's say if you look out three to five years, what are you thinking about putting out there as your, as your top priorities? You know, I want to mimic what President Moylan ran on and um, talked about at the uh, ITC in Frisco. You 
know, our top priority is to continue to grow our membership. We're healthy, um, but we need to continue to grow that. Um, continue to add relevant content to our CFI trainer platform and expand our, you know, on-the-ground training courses, which we're doing. You know, we're constantly adding courses um, all around the country, actually all around the world. Um, and you and your great team at Stonehouse doing a phenomenal job adding modules to um, CFI trainer. Uh, like I said, I was out at the fire academy yesterday, and, you know, people were saying great things about the modules and about the program in general. So, um, you know, when you get that type of uh, feedback, um, you know you're doing the right thing. So we just have to continuously build on that foundation um, and update those modules as needed. Well, thanks for the kind words, and we're glad to hear that uh, people are speaking up out there. Uh, about the content that they're capturing online. Speaking of which, um, I know that you have worked, uh, are very interested in getting training better marketed, uh, more informative and, and more accessible at fireartisan.com. And, and that has changed, but is going to be changing more so uh, to make it, to bring the content straight up to the user and get it so that they can get the information they need at the appropriate time that they can take those classes um, and register uh, something that's really nice, especially if you're a member uh, with the way that the flow starts to work now. By the way, w when we talk about membership, uh, I think it's interesting. There was a time when I was around where membership was in the 4,000 zone, and now you're over 9,000, if I'm not mistaken, correct? We're actually we're closing in on 10,000. Good news. Good news. So in terms of training because that seems to be a big topic. Uh, where, where do you see us going in the IWI in the future? Like I said, I think, you know, we're looking at adding additional classes for our existing course and certifications, um, looking at creating new certifications for specific occurrences like wildland, marine, boat fires. I think we need to look at uh, uh, creating programs specifically for cause of origin. We also need to explore, you know, virtual and augmented reality as learning tools. Um, the uh, DOD is using, um, you know, augmented reality, um, similar to what the kids are playing with Fortnite, but it's first responder. So, you know, maybe we take that a step further and add the fire investigator into that. So um, that's something that I'd like to explore down the road. Pretty interesting stuff. So how about a CFI trainer? How does that fit? you know, as you see us moving ahead into the vision of uh, training, because that's become more and more integrated all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, distance learning is here to stay in all, all aspects of continuing education. That being said, I think we, it, we need to do, and what you're doing, we need to continuously update and create new content. We also have to have a platform that works best for our member base. So, you know, the ability to serve content on any type of device from a, from a, desktop to a smartphone because a lot of these people are, you know, sitting in the station house, taking, watching your modules on their, on their iPhone or their, or their Android. So, you know, just continuously doing what we are doing right now with CFITrainer.net, which is, you know, looking what's going on with technology and adapting to that technology. All right. Before we wrap up, I mean, uh, any messages that were a message that you want to get out there to the membership, to the fire investigation community? Yeah, you know, I'm as I'm traveling, I, I, I just I'm, I'm grateful to all the members out there that everybody. Um, there's a lot of people that volunteer a lot of time and effort and hours to 
to make this organization as great as it is. And, and it just, you know, continue to do that. Continue to be active within the association. And let us know how we can uh, better serve you. Um, my phone number, emails readily available. So, you know, people can call me. People can email me. Um, I strongly suggest uh, the members join committees or submit articles to the journal. You know, get involved and stay involved. We're, we're, we're only as good as our members, and we have some pretty great members. So, you know, thank you for what you've done, and let's continue to keep doing that. Um, we, we really appreciate it. It's a, it's a really good point. Uh, the expertise inside this membership has been incredible and very supportive of CFI Trainer. Uh, without that expertise, without all that time that those people donate, like you said, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, you know, you can make pretty pictures all you want, but until uh, until there's credible content behind it, it's it's meaningless. So we're grateful, um, and I'm grateful to you for the time. You know, I know you're sort of getting fired up here still. I, I don't know, from the short period I've known you, I don't think it takes long for you to get fired up. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 great to have a job that you really like getting up in the morning and going to and working with just phenomenal people and and um I've got great people in the office. Um membership, you know, top notch and um willing to help out in every way. So, um it makes my learning curve that much quicker, I guess, you know, having having the support that I do. So, I appreciate it as well and Look forward to many years of making and growing and, and, and continuing to keep us, um, you know, the leaders in fire investigation. Thanks very much for what you're doing, Scott. Thank you, Rod. Have a great day. All right, you too. Be well. Bye. As uh, was discussed, IAAI's Health and Safety Committee has released a white paper to address the fact that health and safety practices and protocols for fire investigators have not kept pace with those for firefighters. Occupational exposure to combustion products does not stop when the fire is out. Fire investigators are exposed to vapors, gases, and particulates, often with less safety preparation and personal protective equipment than firefighters. The white paper provides detailed information on the types of protection to use in various fire situations, including hot scenes, warm scenes, and cold scenes. Even a cold scene is not safe. The mere act of walking through debris stirs up particulates that can be inhaled. The white paper also covers protocols to conduct a site safety survey, guard against skin exposures, and clean and decontaminate gear and equipment after the scene examination. You can read the white paper at firearson.com, and there's a direct link to it on this podcast page. A few quick news items to close out this podcast. It was impossible to resist clicking on this headline that came across our desk from the Arkansas Democratic Gazette. Meteorite Satan ruled out but fire in hole remains a mystery for Arkansas town. A mysterious hole in the ground the size of a volleyball ejected a 12-foot flame on September 17th, which burned for more than 40 minutes. The fire was observed by the local fire official, who saw it die down and go out. Subsequent investigation found no source of methane or natural gas. Because the hole has been there for some time, according to local residents, a recent meteorite strike was ruled out. The hole is linked underground to a nearby drainage ditch, and the indications are that it was probably dug by an animal. Nearby fuel tanks were tested and also ruled out. The investigation is ongoing. And finally, here's one you might have seen in the news because it's one of those things that you probably couldn't make up if you tried. 
An off-duty border patrol agent was ordered to pay more than $8 million in restitution for causing the sawmill fire in Coronado State Forest in Arizona. How did he cause it? He shot a rifle at a target containing tannurite so it would explode and release a colored powder that would indicate the gender of a baby he and his partner were expecting. He did this in front of family and friends at a gender reveal party. The explosion of the target touched off a fire that burned 47,000 acres of state and federally owned land. The agent will also serve probation and make a PSA for the Forest Service. Thanks for joining us today on this podcast. Stay safe. We'll see you next time on CFITrainer.net. For the International Association of Arson Investigators and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.